0: Welcome back to Decision 2020, highlights of the Republican National Convention here on AM 1100 KFAX. And now the First Lady of the United States, Melania Trump.
1: It seems like just yesterday that we were at our first convention where my husband accepted the Republican nomination and then became our 43th President of the United States. Yet the energy and enthusiasm for who should lead this nation, it is real today as it was four years ago. I know I speak for my husband and the entire family when I say we have not forgotten the incredible people who were willing to take a chance on the businessmen who had never worked in politics. We know it was you who elected him to be Commander-in-Chief. And we know it is you who will carry us through again. We were humbled by the incredible support then, and we are still grateful today. I want to acknowledge the fact that since March, our lives have changed drastically. The invisible enemy, COVID-19, swept across our beautiful country and impacted all of us. My deepest sympathy goes out to everyone who has lost a loved one. And my prayers are with those who are ill or suffering. I know many people are anxious, and some feel helpless. I want you to know you're not alone. My husband's administration will not stop fighting until there is an effective treatment or vaccine available to everyone. Donald will not rest until he has done all he can to take care of everyone impacted by this terrible pandemic. I want to extend my gratitude to all of the healthcare professionals, frontline workers and teachers who stepped up in these difficult times despite the risk to yourselves and your own families. You put our country first, and my husband and I are grateful. I have been moved by the way Americans have come together in such an unfamiliar and often frightening situation. It is in times like this that we will look back and tell our grandchildren that through kindness and compassion, strength, and determination, we were able to restore the promise of our future. Businesses stepped up and volunteers stepped in. People were eager to share ideas, resources, and support of all kinds with neighbors and strangers alike. It has been inspiring to see what the people of our great nation will do for one another especially when we are at our most fragile. Speaking of strength and determination, we recently celebrated the 100-year anniversary of the passage of the 19th Amendment. Yesterday, on the north lawn of the White House, we unveiled an exhibit dedicated to women's suffrage. The exhibit called on children from across the country to send art honoring the meaning of this important time in women's history. When I was judging the entries, I reflected on the impact of women's voices in our nation's story and how proud I will be to cast my vote again for Donald this November. We must make sure that women are heard and that the American Dream continues to thrive. Growing up as a young child in Slovenia, which was under communist rule at the time, I always heard about an amazing place called America, a land that stood for freedom and opportunity. As I grew older, it became my goal to move to the United States and follow my dream of working in the fashion industry. My parents worked very hard to ensure our family could not only live and prosper in America, but also contribute to a nation that allows for people to arrive with a dream and make it reality. I want to take the moment to thank my mother and father for all they have done for our family. It is because of you that I'm standing here today. I arrived in the United States when I was 26 years old. Living and working in the land of opportunity was a dream come true, but I wanted more. I wanted to be a citizen. After 10 years of paperwork and patience, I studied for the test in 2006 and became an American citizen. It is still one of the proudest moments in my life because with hard work and determination, I was able to achieve my own American dream. As an immigrant and a very independent woman, I understand what a privilege it is to live here and to enjoy the freedoms and opportunities that we have. As First Lady, I have been fortunate to see the American dream Come true over and over again. I have met many inspiring women, children, parents, and families who have overcome life changing issues that include addiction, homelessness, family members who are ill or have passed away, abuse of all kinds, and many other challenges that would make most people give up the past three and a half years have been unforgettable. There are no words to describe how honored, humbled, and fortunate I am to serve our nation as your First Lady. After many of the experiences I've had, I don't know if I can fully explain how many people I take home with me in my heart each day. From brave soldiers who give up so much so that we can be free, to children of all circumstances who I have met around the world, thank you for inspiring me. It is my greatest honor to serve you. When I speak to members of the military, despite sacrificing time with their families, experience the fear of war or suffering loss, They have no regrets about serving our country. The same goes for their families and the families of first responders who often watch their loved ones walk out the door, not sure if or when they will come home. When I speak to families who have lost someone, the pain mixed with pride I hear in their voices is something I think about often. So thank you to all who serve our country in the military and as first responders. And thank you to the families who wait for them. You are our heroes in your own right.
0: You're listening to Decision 2020, highlights of the Republican National Convention on AM 1100 KFAX. Welcome back to Decision 2020, highlights of the Republican National Convention here on AM 1100 KFAX. As our convention coverage continues, once again, First Lady Melania Trump.
1: I have also been moved by the many children and families I've spent time with at hospitals, schools, and other locations around the world. Children who are dealing with pain or illness that would break even the strongest adult. Parents who are grateful to wake up every day and see that their child is still alive. These families are a testament to what faith and medicine, strength and science can do. On my first international trip as First Lady, my husband and I visited places of great significance to the three major religions, Islam, Christianity and Judaism. Judaism. One special memory from that trip is of a young boy I had privilege of visiting while at Bambino Gesù Hospital in Rome, Italy. While there, I read the little boy a story and learned that he and his family had been waiting for a heart for a very long time and he had a grim prognosis. His situation brought my staff and me to tears and we spoke of a little else as we flew to Belgium for the next part of our trip. Upon landing just a few hours later, we learned that a heart had been donated and would be going to the little one. I think about him often, along with so many amazing and strong young patients across our own country. More profound and sadly unavoidable examples of our country's strength and character have occurred in the communities that have been impacted by natural disasters. Hurricanes, tornadoes, and flooding may show the ugly side of Mother Nature, but in their aftermath, they can show us a beautiful side of humanity. My husband and I have visited many places that have been affected by natural disaster, and we are deeply moved by the strength of the people who have lost everything, and the kindness of neighbors and communities. The common thread in all of these challenging situations is the unwavering resolve to help one another. I recognize the stories I just told about people who survive extraordinary circumstances. But Donald and I are also inspired by the millions of Americans who wake up each day with a simple yet courageous goal of providing for their families and keeping them safe. You are the backbone of this country. You are the people who continue to make the United States of America what it is and who have the incredible responsibility of preparing our future generations to live everything even better than they found it. Just as you are fighting for your families, my husband, our family, and the people in this administration are here fighting for you, no matter the amount of negative or false media headlines or attacks from the other side, Donald Trump has not and will not lose focus on you. He loves this country, and he knows how to get things done. As you have learned over the past five years, he is not a traditional politician. He doesn't just speak words, he demands action and he gets results. The future of our country has always been very important to him and it is something that I have always admired. In fact, it is to help ensure a better future for our next generation that I launched PBEST, Be my initiative to help children achieve their fullest potential. Be Best has one simple goal, teaching youth about the importance of their well-being, both mentally and physically. This also includes understanding online safety and the dangers of opioid and drug abuse. Through Be Best, my office and I have been able to highlight people programs, and organizations that are doing extraordinary things in our country and around the world. I continue, I continue to believe that by shining a light on these positive examples, others across the country and globe will become inspired to do part for our next generation. Helping children is not a political goal. It is our moral imperative. When I think back to a defining moment of Be Best, my mind goes to a trip I took to Africa. On that vast and beautiful continent, I was able to visit the countries of Ghana, Malawi, Kenya and Egypt. One of those visits in particular had a profound impact on me. Ghana on the coast of West Africa was the first stop on my trip, and I experienced firsthand its warm people and dear traditions. While there, I visited the Cape Coast castle and learned more about the beginning of a cruel and often deadly journey in the era of the slave trade. I was horrified when I listened to the guide tell me so many inhumane stories and I gained new perspectives. This time in our history, we must never forget so that we can ensure that it never happens again. Like all of you, I have reflected on the racial unrest in our country. It is a harsh reality that we are not proud of parts of our history. I encourage people to focus on our future while still learning from our past. We must remember that today we are all one community comprised of many races, religions, and ethnicities. Our diverse and storied history is what makes our country strong, and yet we still have so much to learn from one another. With that in mind, I like to call on the citizens of this country to take a moment, pause, and look at things from all perspectives. I urge people to come together in a civil manner so we can work and live up to our standard American ideals. I also ask people to stop the violence and looting being done in the name of justice and never make assumptions based on the color of a person's skin. Instead of tearing things down, down, let's reflect on our mistakes, be proud of our evolution, and look to our way forward. Every day, let us remember that we are one nation under God, and we need to cherish one another. My husband's administration has worked to try and effect change when it comes to issues around race and religion in this country. He's the first president to address a special session of the United Nations General Assembly, to call upon countries across the world to end religious persecution and honor the right of every person to worship as they choose. He has made substantial investments in our historically black colleges and universities.
0: You're listening to Decision 2020, highlights of the Republican National Convention on AM 1100 KFAX. Welcome back to Decision 2020. Highlights of the Republican National Convention here on AM 1100 KFAX. As our convention coverage continues, once again, First Lady Melania Trump.
1: This president also continues to fight for school choice, giving parents more options to help their children flourish. My husband knows how to make a real change. From the day that I met him, He has only wanted to make this country the best it can be. For many years, I watched him grow concerned and frustrated, and I'm so proud to see the many things he has done in such a short time. America is in his heart. So while at times we only see the worst of people and politics on the evening news, let's remember how we come together in the most difficult times. And while debate rage on about issues of race, let's focus on the strides we have made and work together for a better tomorrow for everyone. Our administration has also devoted historic resources and produced life saving results by raising awareness around opioid addiction and drug abuse, especially for children. When so often the headlines are filled with gossip. I want to take this moment to encourage the media to focus even more on the nation's drug crisis. This disease is one that affects everybody. It pays no attention to race, age, or socioeconomic status. Addiction has touched every part of our society in some way. And now, more than ever, we have programs and medicine to combat it. We just need to talk about it openly. And you, the media, have the platforms to make that happen. To the media industry and as a country, I ask that we all commit to helping in our fights against drug addiction by talking about it even more. Especially as we battle the COVID pandemic, we need to remember that suicides are on the rise as people who are struggling with loneliness and addiction feel they have nowhere to turn. Parents, please talk to your children. Teachers and caregivers, pay attention to signs of addiction. Lawmakers, pass legislation that allows those who ask for help to do so safely and without fear, and to provide resources for organizations that help people impacted by addiction. When the stigma is removed, people will no longer be ashamed to ask for help and lives will be saved. And if you, if you are struggling with addiction, there is no shame in your illness. Please seek help, you are worth it. In my next four years as First Lady, I will continue to build upon the best and work with individual states to pass legislation to take care of our most vulnerable. I plan to continue the work I have started with children in foster care, as well as the minority communities and tribal nations. I want to ensure children are being protected and communities have the resources needed to combat drug addiction and child neglect or abuse like my husband and the administration. I will continue to encourage education that supports a child's individual needs. It is vital that children are given the building blocks to succeed. I also look forward to continue my work to restore the people's house, which is a lasting symbol of pride for our nation. I believe this iconic home needs to be cared for and preserved so it can be enjoyed by the people of this country and visitors from around the world for years to come. I'm passionate about this beautiful house, the grounds and all they represent. And now I have a special message for the mothers of this country. This modern world is moving so fast and our children face challenges that seem to change every few months. Just like me, I know many of you watch how mean and manipulative social media can be. And just like me, I'm sure many of you are looking for answers how to talk to your children about the downside of technology and their relationships with their peers. Like every parent in this country, I feel there are so many lessons to teach our son and responsibilities as his mother but there are just not enough hours in the day to do it all. I remind myself that I'm more fortunate than most and still have days that I look for wisdom and strength to do the very best I can for him. To mothers and parents everywhere, you are warriors. In my husband, you have a president who will not stop fighting for you and your families. I see how hard he works each day and night, and despite the unprecedented attacks from the media and opposition, he will not give up. In fact, if you tell him he cannot be done, he just works harder. Donald... Donald is a husband who supports me in all that I do. He has built an administration with an unprecedented number of women in leadership roles and has fostered an environment where the American people are always the priority. He welcomes different points of view and encourages thinking outside of the box. I know I speak for my husband and the family when I say we are so grateful that you have trusted him to be your president And we will be honored to serve this incredible country for four more years. As you have heard this evening, I don't want to use this precious time attacking the other side. Because as we saw last week, that kind of talk only serves to divide the country further. I'm here because we need my husband to be our president and commander-in-chief for four more years. He's what is best for our country. We all know Donald Trump makes no secrets about how he feels about things. Total honesty is what we, as citizens, deserve from our president. Whether you like it or not, you always know what he's thinking. And that is because he is an authentic person who loves this country and its people and wants to continue to make it better. Donald wants to keep your family safe. He wants to help your family succeed. He wants nothing more than for this country to prosper and he doesn't waste time playing politics. Almost four years ago, we went into election day completely underestimated. Despite what is being said again this year, I know, just as you do, that Americans will go to the polls and vote on the behalf of their families, our economy, our national security, and our children's future. To vote for those ideals is not a partisan vote. It is a common sense vote because those are goals and hopes that we all believe in. I believe that we need my husband's leadership now more than ever in order to bring us back once again to the greatest economy and the strongest country ever known. God bless you all, your families, and God bless the United States of America.
0: You're listening to Decision 2020. Highlights of the Republican National Convention on AM 1100 KFAX. Welcome back to the program as we pivot from convention coverage into, well, quite frankly, more pressing matters. What has been an enormous challenge for all of Northern California as we sort of get used to what appears to be the new normal, and that is seasonal wildfires that create unbelievable amounts of death and destruction. And, of course, uh, the most recent spate of fires has been particularly destructive and close in to the San Francisco Bay region. The most recent numbers from Cal Fire indicate more than 1,603,000 acres have been scorched. That's a sum total of over 7,000 separate fire incidents, seven fatalities, and over 2,000 buildings destroyed, with still many more, more than 20,000 in harm's way with an update as to the challenges on the front line of battling the fire and progress. So far we're joined by Christine McMurrow, public information officer with Cal fire and Christine in the midst of all the busyness and what's been going on. We appreciate you taking some time to update us tonight. Give us kind of a sense if you would first, where we stand with some of the, the larger fires between the LNU lightning complex CZU and the C. I mean, SCU. Give us an update, if you would, in terms of uh, what what number of uh, the what, What's the percentage of um, containment so far, and how's the progress looking?
2: Yeah, well, we've seen, um, you know, we've we've had some good luck with the weather, with the marine layer coming in along the coast um, that's increased our humidities which has really helped firefighters quite a bit and fortunately what we've seen is we have seen containment uh, increase into the double digits on all of these large fires and fortunately we have been able to lift some of our evacuation orders and allow people to return to their homes however you know we still are um, these are still very active wildfires and We've got some edges of these fires that are still not contained, so we have got our crews out there um, doing what they can to, to increase those containment percentages. We've got a lot of aircraft on these fires, and fortunately, we are starting to see um, increased numbers of engines coming from out of state to help us battle these blazes.
0: Yeah, the the manpower requirement has been enormous i i would suppose in large part because these fires are so large and geographically so spread out from each other
2: yes and you know we we have a we're there's a lot of fires all across the west so all of our partners are busy as well but we have right now um over 15,000 firefighters um battling these two dozen major blazes um and in the past 24 hours, we're still continuing to see lightning strikes. We had over 400 lightning strikes last night. Fortunately, um, though, the fire activity from those was minimal, and those fires remain small. We were able to get them out quickly before they became uh, fires of note. But yes, our our firefighters are spread out, and um, fortunately, though, we have. Um, gotten a lot of help from the national guard our troops from the national guard have increased overnight we've got over 1800 personnel and 17 water dropping helicopters that they um they are using to battle across these blazes so that's been really helpful and we've seen um help from our western partners nine western states have sent over 91 fire engines and we expect more to roll in in the coming days
0: You know, this has certainly been an unusual fire season. What was so many of these fires sparked by lightning, Uh, certainly historically in recent years, pointing back to um, some of the fires of 2019 and, of course, the extreme devastation of 2018, where we saw a lot of those fires resulting, quite frankly, from either stupidity or weather events that created problems with electric service that sparked the fires, or uh, other cases where uh, people even set some of the fires intentionally. Is there concern uh, amongst those of you within CAL FIRE that this has come early in the fire season, and here we are, barely the end of August, and where historically we've seen these fires come about toward later parts of September, even into October, that this may be indicative of the fire season stretching longer, and therefore the potential for danger running a longer period of time?
2: Well, like you said, um, historically, the worst part of our fire season is into September and October. We haven't gotten to September yet. And so, yes, this is, um, we are concerned because we are definitely not um, even anywhere near to the end of fire season and um you know what we hope for is some rain very soon into this fall would be really helpful but like you said historically um uh, the fall is our worst season and and also we know that um 95% of of our wildfires are human caused And what we are encouraging everyone across the state, no matter where you live, is to go to readyforwildfire.org and learn what you need to do to be fire safe um, regarding mowing and uh, towing trailers. You know, the the chains dragging um, can cause sparks. A little bit of wind puts that into the, the grass on the side of the highway or a side of the road and off goes a fire. So we wanna make sure that people know what they can do to be fire safe. We also wanna make sure that, that people are prepared to evacuate and um, know their evacuation routes and, um, and know what they need to do in case wildfire strikes their neighborhood.
0: And it's almost, I was going to say a one-two punch, but maybe it's a one-two-three punch in terms of how we prepare and respond in that, number one, as you point out, uh, making sure that fires are not started because of just uh, ignorance or or neglect, Uh, you know, somebody simply without thinking flicks a cigarette butt out the window door or the the door of the car rather as they're driving and we've got an inferno on our hands or as you say a a tow chain dragging across the ground setting sparks a lot of incidents like that that just happen out of um, you know quite frankly a, a lack of care and caution then you touched on the issue of if there is a call to evacuate, to be ready to go on a moment's notice, and um, I, I've heard it put this way, when they say evacuate, that doesn't mean start getting ready to evacuate, that means out the door now. The other big issue here, and maybe you can spend a moment educating our listeners on this, and that is the sense that you know we as Californians, many of us live here because we've chosen the splendor of this state. And all that it has to offer and the ability to be near the desert or in the forest in sometimes less than an hour's drive is one of the things that makes California so spectacular and so attractive a state to live in. But along with that um, come certain levels of responsibility And, and, and sadly, as we've seen repeatedly in a number of cases down through the years, not doing things like clearing brush around our home or taking necessary steps just to to make your job easier and to decrease the likelihood of my home being involved should a fire start up the street across the road or what have you. Touch on, if you would, some of the steps that we should be taking right now, knowing that fire season is at the beginning and not at the end, so that we can do a better job of making your job easier.
2: Absolutely, and thank you for bringing that up because Defensible space is the number one thing that citizens can do um, and take responsibility for the fire safety of their home. And so what we want to encourage um, everyone to do is to, to make sure that they have defensible space. And that means, you know, within the five feet around your house, no flammable material, material at all um, within, you know, 30 feet of your house that you've got uh, trees limbed up and you have your grass cut and there's no dry grass within a hundred feet around your house that you have um, broken up the vegetation uh, again, trimming up the the tree the lower tree limbs and. Um, your your shrubs and things like that so that you're not having ladder fuels around your home. If people are unsure what exactly they need to do around their home to create defensible space, again, we're encouraging everyone to go to readyforwildfire.org. We have a lot of tips on there. Um, we have videos and all kinds of information there that folks can use to make sure that they have defensible space around their homes. You also mentioned um, you know, evacuating, if you have to do that around your home. Um, we wanna make sure that people have gone to their uh, county sheriff's department or their office of emergency service in their county and signed up for emergency alerts. These emergency alerts will um, alert citizens via a text message, a telephone call, Um, or an email letting them know that there is an emergency in their community that they need to be aware of. It's not just for wildfires. It's for emergencies of all kinds. So we want to encourage people um, to do that so that they are prepared. And also in regard to evacuations, when you have planned ahead, you're able to grab those things that are important to you, have those things that are important to, to you, in a place that, um, you know, you've got them ready to go. Otherwise, if, if you're trying to get out of your home in a moment's notice, you're gonna grab the things that you see, not necessarily the things that you really want to take with you. Being prepared will help you um, feel safer and more prepared to, to face an emergency like wildfire or anything else that might happen.
0: And I suppose, as we've learned, not only in the recent fires, but even going back to the Oakland-Berkeley Hills fire uh, of uh, the early 1990s, if you think it can't happen to you think again. And I've heard people with attitudes that say, well, my house is made of stucco. I don't have to worry about it. Or I don't have wood shingles. I have composite shingles. So it won't be a problem for me. And uh, many a person that has said that has wound up with just a pile of ashes as a result. So I guess it's important to realize some of the tips that you suggest we need to do to make our homes uh, as fire safe. Maybe never make them fireproof, but as fire safe as possible really are tips that we all need to take, don't we?
2: absolutely because as like you said as we've seen we we have seen unprecedented firestorms in the last 5 years in California we have seen communities and homes burn that we never expected that could happen and um therefore we want to make sure that everybody no matter where you live no matter um, if a fire has gone through your community you know it's never happened before that doesn't mean that it won't happen in the future and again if we are prepared we can feel safer we can um, charge forth in in an emergency with confidence knowing that we have a plan we um, we have a plan for ourselves um, our elderly friends and neighbors and family, and for our pets. So that way, we, um, when, when you get that call or when something unexpected happens, you're ready to go and you know what to do.
0: And again, share with our listeners, if you would, that, um, uh, that um, location that they should go to online to get more information.
2: Yeah, that's readyforwildfire.org. And there's a lot of information on there um, for folks to help get themselves prepared for to be ready for wildfire. And in addition, if you live in a fire-prone area or one of your family members lives in a fire-prone area, you can go there and sign up for text message alerts when there is a fire within a 20-mile radius of your zip code. So you can go on there and put your own zip code in, you can put the zip code of a family member or a friend or whoever you want to be sure that you're looking after. You can get those alerts and know when an incident has happened. You can then uh, look it up online or at least be aware that something is going on and start to be thinking about what's next.
0: Very valuable, particularly if you don't have the TV or the radio on. You don't happen to be online at the time. It comes right through to your phone with a very attention-getting sound, I might add. And and critically important to be forewarned is forearmed, as they say. Between the fire seasons of 2018, 2019, and this year so far, and it's not over with yet, we've seen more than, get this, 3,826,000 acres that have been burned in the state of California. And to put that in perspective, there's approximately 1.3 acres in a football field. That's the equivalent of 2,943,000 football fields that have been burned in California in just the last three years. And as I say, this fire season is not over with yet. Be ready for wildfire. Information again on the web at readyforwildfire.org. That's readyforwildfire.org. Dot org. Christine McMurrell, thank you so much for your time and the hard work that everyone with Cal Fire along with Mutual Aid are doing to help bring these fires under control. That's going to do it for this edition of Lifeline right here at 7 o'clock. We'll put the wraps on the program for this uh, Wednesday, but back with you tomorrow at 5 o'clock for more of our convention coverage right here on AM 1100 KFAX.